Welcome to another episode of There Is A System To This Madness Podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is June 22nd, 2020, one day after Father's Day. Needless to say, I had a very blessed and beautiful Father's Day. Very well pampered. We've received very special gifts. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Anyway, as promised, going to try to do better with my release dates. And it's interesting because since the last podcast, which was about five days ago, it's just a number of events just constantly continue to just develop. Guess the top story, President Trump had his first presidential campaign rally since the coronavirus pandemic started. Tulsa, Oklahoma, we know the story was originally supposed to be on June 19th, but he had this change of heart and out of the goodness of his heart and also in fear of retaliation from the protesters. Pretty much he changed it to the 20th. And based on the pictures that I've seen, it looked it looked pretty empty. In fact, the count was about 6,000 people showed up. I think the arena holds just under 19 or under 20,000 people so and of course you know there are some people that are taking credit some you know individuals saying that they bought up the tickets which you know pretty much that's a good tactic then there are some people such as the president is saying that the media scared people away with the threat of actually getting a deadly virus. Imagine that. The media scared people away. That's that's funny. But anyway, it didn't turn out the way he thought it would. However, I do love the fact that he did make a statement that he put June 19th on the map, which is, you know, that's a debatable that's a debatable statement because I as a black man know that there are a number of black people that did not really know about the history of Juneteenth. It's so funny because my Facebook page was slammed with how Blacks were um, notified in Texas, and this became the celebration. And all you know, it's like it's like compared to last year. So it's like it makes me wonder: Did these individuals that didn't choose to post it last year and chose to do it this year, were they just? putting this out for their own uh, Facebook group or 
did he strike a chord and got people really thinking about it? Which to me, it's a win-win situation. I love it. I mean, you know, these these murders by police. It's like the question you still have to ask is what was different? You know, people want to say video. People want to say the nature. This has happened before. What was different this time? You know, I think it has something to do with the, you know, people being pent up inside um, due to the virus to see the magnitude of the murder by George Floyd. Just, you know, when you look at the different angles and, you know, not to get sidetracked, but am I the only person that is asking a question about what originated this situation? Wasn't there a, a situation involving a counterfeit $20 bill? Have they confirmed that the, the $20 bill was um, counterfeit? Where is the $20 bill? Was it real or was it counterfeit? Because imagine if the bill was actually real and George Floyd died for that, oh my God. You know, it's, it wasn't worth anything, even if it was a counterfeit bill. He still shouldn't have died, especially to be murdered like that. And I'm, I'm at the point where, based on what I'm thinking in my own head, I'm starting to think that this was first-degree murder. I know they got up to second. But when you think about how that police officer, that if you just look at his face, it's almost like he was he had all intention that he was going to kill this man. He, I don't know who he worked for. I don't know what level. You know, maybe I'm being, uh, you know, I'm going down the conspiracy rabbit hole. But it just, that's that's some interesting stuff that is going on. Because, again, where's this $20 bill? I mean, isn't, isn't that really the smoking gun? But, anyway, you know, hopefully I'm not the only one that's thinking this. So we'll we'll find out. I hope we find out. But anyway, of course, you know, there was a shooting in Atlanta. The police officers have since turned themselves in. Uh, what's interesting is that one of the police officers is actually going to testify against the other police officer. I guess, I'm sure they cut a deal with him to get some of his charges reduced. So pretty much, he's going to pretty much, for the first time, according to District Attorney um, Paul Howard, 
it's never ever been a situation where a police officer actually testified against another police officer especially one that was on the scene that was involved in the death or the murder of another person so I'm curious to just see how that's going to pan out is this police officer even going to make it to court this is this is going to be interesting to see you know I mean not the not the make light of it but it's just it's interesting to see how this is going to pan out because this is actual history and probably the history of police officer where a police officer that was involved side by side with another police officer there have been many times where police officers have gone up against other police officers number of times and, and most times, it never fares positive for them individuals. You know, get ostracized. I guess the real question is going to be is, who is going to protect you from the police when the police is after you? I guess we just have to wait and see. Another thing that's come up is about defunding the police department and what could this look like of course the democrats have a plan where a number of the resources will be reallocated into programs in the communities that would i guess give people hope and this would cut back on crime I like the concept, however, I think it's a very drastic measure. It is something that should be fed in small bits. Now, in regards to the police need an overhaul, it's no doubt this needs to happen. And I mean, it's, it starts from top to bottom. To me, if a police have a police officer has three offenses they really should be removed from their position it don't matter if they got multiple stripes stars commissioner titles whatever if they have a history of citations excuse me not citations um write-ups I don't know exactly what they call them in the police force basically in the military we call them write-ups but pretty much if they got all this stuff and coming from one place to another with baggage you need to get rid of these people you need to even get rid of the person that would even hire individuals like this you know I'm a believer in the union but I I just believe that the police union has no boundaries when it comes to protecting their members, whether they are good or bad. And because of this, 
you you got this mess. You you are at the point where you will defend a police officer no matter what. And currently right now with the way the laws are implemented, you know, police officers are not held accountable. I mean, a police officer can kill a person and because they can't be sued, I mean, they'll take the chance and go to court. Really, I mean, what do they got to lose? It's, it's almost, it's really, I don't even want to say it's 50-50, but the concept that they are going to lose is pretty, it's, it's pretty much a slim chance that they will lose. And you got to realize when they go before a jury of their peers, because again, juries are formed from the voting pools and let's be real. We as black people, we don't vote. A lot of people get mad when you say things like that, but hey, it's a fact. We don't vote. You know, the thing is, Ferguson, Missouri just elected their first black mayor, a black woman. Ferguson, Missouri is roughly 65 to 67% black. And they just got their first black mayor. When Michael Brown was murdered, it was a white mayor, white police chief, white fire department, police officers, school board, county commission, the whole nine yards. It had a little, you know, black folks sprinkle here and there. But 65, 67% black population and all of the political positions held in that city were white people. Because of the 67% population, it was believed that about maybe 5% actually were either registered to vote or, or actually voted. That's, that's pathetic. That's pathetic. And when you keep having results like that, you're going to get everything you got coming to you. 67% black. And you got white cops killing people that are the majority. That's, that's just, that's flat out pathetic. That's sad. Let's change the subject. Colin Kaepernick. It's like all of a sudden now, Colin Kaepernick is a brand new person. I'm listening to these coaches and commentators. It's like Colin Kaepernick is, it's like as if nothing ever happened. The last three years of his life, it just, it just disappeared. I mean, you got... You got Pete Carroll, you know, this guy, where he's, you know, saying things like he he regrets not doing what he should have done. No, you knew exactly what you was doing. You intentionally, you intentionally blackballed Colin Kaepernick, along with the other 31 t members teams of the NFL. There were players 
that were signed that, you know, individuals brought out of retirement. There were players that were 40 years old, 40 plus years old. You know, there were stories of one player, he was bagging groceries, quarterback. People forget Colin Kaepernick is really a, he was really a pass interference call from winning a Super Bowl. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing how you get this handwriting on the wall three years ago and then all of a sudden circumstances take place, which like I said earlier, black people were still getting killed. This is what prompted Colin Kaepernick to take the knee in the first place because of police brutality. He saw it before he decided to take a knee. It was police brutality up to be between the first time Colin Kaepernick took the knee up to this moment before the Ahmaud Aubrey murder. People were being killed. But all of a sudden now, you know, everybody, everybody's now enlightened. Oh, we see it. You know, that's just, you know, they so, they're full of shit. You know, then there's the NBA. You know, Kyrie Irving. Oh my God, this guy. You know, he want to sit and say, we shouldn't play. You know, this guy's injured. You know, got, you know, the first pick overall. And he's lived up to his his potential. So his contracts have been mega millions. I mean, if he's handling his money properly, he was set at the at his first year. Then on top of that, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, for real? And you sitting there saying, you know, nobody should play because you are pretty much eliminated. You know, what if what if Kyrie Irving was healthy? What if Kevin Durant was healthy and Brooklyn was in the top three, top five? What would be his voice and his opinion then? I mean, come on, you know, he's so damn fake. You know, then he want to criticize, you know, LeBron James in regards to you will lose the point. We'll lose the message. And, you know, and I do have some concern that there is power. If the NBA players were to shut shut it down, they would have they would have some power. They would have some pull. But my thing is, I think if they were to play and display their opinions on a nightly basis. I believe that a, a serious message could be sent if it's done, if it's done with tact, if it's done proper. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how they're going to do football. You know, the stipulations that they're talking about, you know, social distancing, football. How do you do social distancing? playing football. I'm like, oh my gosh. Then you got to realize football is not like a basketball team. 
you know, you got a, what, 53-man team, coaches, there's a coach for each position, then you got offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, they got their own staff. You know, that ain't counting the trainers, the medical doctors. A, A football team could easily have 100 people on each sideline, practice squad. I mean, it's, that's crazy. I, I mean, I, I love me some football, but I I don't see how they're going to do it. And, you know, you, you're going to try to do the, the bubble thing like they're trying to do in basketball? Really? I mean, I just, I don't see, I don't see how that's going to happen. But either way, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed. Last but not least, Juneteenth. You know, it's so funny, everybody talking about Juneteenth. And I'm reading all the Facebook statements, you know, about how Juneteenth represent the time it took for information to get across to the last slave state, Texas, to announce to the individuals that they were freed. And, you know, first of all, you know, the thing that, kind of just make me grind my teeth when I hear that black people were not freed black people were emancipated see what people fail to understand there's a difference between being freed and being emancipated people don't even know that the 13th amendment that emancipated black people that was the second draft that was the second 13th amendment what people fail to realize there was an original 13th amendment that was being presented and drawn up for congress to vote on congress was in recession for the holiday christmas holiday it was a it was a 13th Amendment that indicated that slavery was going to stay in place. It would have it, it, it would have been said that states that had slaves were going to, it's just going to, it's going to stay. But what happened was, while this was on the table, South Carolina attacked Fort Sumter and they succeeded from the Union. And this is what started the Civil War, which of course, the 13th Amendment, that that version of the 13th Amendment, it was thrown out. What people failed to realize was that the Confederates had sympathizers that were helping them. You gotta realize this was a bunch of ragtag militia going up against a professional military. However, they were doing some damage. They was was pretty much whipping their ass. It was going back and forth. One of the reasons was because the Confederates were receiving foreign aid. It was believed that countries in Europe had a stake in the Civil War because they felt that once, once the war was over and the smoke cleared, 
and the United States was in a weakened condition, they can then mount an army and attack and possibly get those colonies back or get the country back. Well, there were countries that had abolished slavery. Lincoln cut a deal basically saying, hey, if you pretty much stay out of this, we will emancipate our slaves. And there were countries such as France. That was that was some that was big to them. And this is how the emancipation emancipation proclamation came about. A lot of people want you to think that well Lincoln was, you know, a humanitarian and all this stuff like that. To a certain point, okay, yeah, I give him some credit. But it was a ploy, it was a tactic. Lincoln's main goal was to win the war, to preserve the Union, and he was willing to do whatever it took. And this was something that was put on the table. Hey, we will not help the Confederates if you give us some reason for us to pull out. Okay, we will... Well, would you be, would you, you know, France speaking, would you consider freeing your slaves? Lincoln like, eh, can't free them. What if we emancipate them? And put it in a simple term, when you emancipate something, it's basically simply letting something go, but still having control. Think of it, think of it as a dog. A dog is confined in a house. Now, the house is laid out on acres of land, but there's a fence around that land. So this dog being cooped up in this house all this time, you open the door and you let it go. Now, the dog, all it sees is just wide open space. In the dog's mind, it's thinking it's free. But that master, that owner knows that dog can only go but so far. Whether it be to the other side of that field or maybe the leash might even be longer than the one that that dog is accustomed to when it has to go out for a walk with his master. When you know you tie it to a, a pole outside and the leash is longer so the dog can pretty much get some exercise and run around and feel like it's got some distance from, you know, supposedly the big house. This is what emancipation is like. So pretty much, like I said, look it up as anything I say, challenge me, ask questions, um, Pretty much love to hear your opinions. Until next time, this has been an episode of There's a System to This Madness. I am Osaze Shabazz, and I will talk to you in a couple of days. God bless.